Greetings, salutations, bonjour everyone. Welcome to IML Publications for the third of an eight-part podcast for Jacqueline Gay Wally's collectible collection of Venus as She Ages, a group of six novels that will be under our IML imprint. We are a boutique publishing company dedicated to amplifying the voices of contemporary female writers who are nomadic explorers of language, form, and the psyche. I'm I. Murphy Lewis, the president of IML Publications, speaking to you from Paris, France, with my guest of honor, Jacqueline Gay Wally, who is an award-winning novelist and screenwriter under her pen name, Gay Wally, and who is presently with us from New York City. Welcome, Jacqueline Gay, benvenue. Oh, bonjour, Murphy, how are you? Good, thank you. <laughs> so today we are going to be discussing the second novel of your collection, To Any Links, about a woman frightened of losing her freedom in marriage to Peter and who begins visitations to an old friend incarcerated due to the Rockefeller laws at the Fairton Correctional Institute. You want to tell us a little bit about this prisoner <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, um, it's kind of ironic. Uh, the man in the story is imprisoned. He's sentenced to 21 years for growing marijuana, which nowadays is a bit ironic. And uh, and she knows him and um, knows he's a total free spirit and just thinks this is so absurd, as he puts it. He's in jail doing t- more time than for than rapists for giving people the munchies. <laughs> and so um, she takes to visiting him and her initial visits are pretty innocent. Um, and, and she's probably a little fascinated by um, the whole world of prison, etc. Um, he is exceptionally good looking. Um, a kind of larger-than-life character, a war hero, um, very strong personality. And um, as she visits him, they become closer. In the meantime, she has a boyfriend and um, who's not so enamored of these visits. And um, she becomes sort of interested in the metaphor of prison and crime, and um, she begins to analyze her own crimes of love, as she puts it. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if mm-hmm. she actually calls it that, but she anal- she she takes certain crimes and equates them to her own life. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I love this quote. Listen, I tell myself, everyone needs a defiant, erotic, fighting, revolutionary, solitary, outspoken prisoner to mirror themselves to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He becomes... He becomes almost a guide for her in a funny way mm. of, of yes. what is of what is outside the box in herself. Yes. Which borders on danger a little bit because she doesn't know whether to trust him, etc. although he's not in for a violent crime. But that touch of danger, I guess, is what everyone feels when they're doing anything a little bit out of the ordinary. Yes. Yes, and he's he's creating this aliveness in her, right? There's yeah um, an engagement. In, in fact, I'm going to quote you um, early on in the book. You say, David 
David may think in my stories I'm the night watchman of psychology, but he doesn't hear the shrink ask me, why do you keep tapping your fingers on the wall? The shrink keeps suggesting I have a sexual relationship imaginary with him, but I'm already having an imaginary relationship with a prisoner. How many do I need? The fact is, David's letters are brilliant. You could say in that department, in the area of sensitivity and romance, I have met my match. My boyfriend says that he was the first one to tell me, you need to tell a story. But I say that inside all those bruised grooves and dark secrets are so many stories, one has to wait for them to come up in their own way, in their own divulging, in their own wisdom. David's letter is on my table. This morning, my boyfriend begins reading it with a big smirk on his face. Don't read my mail, I say, as I come from the bath. You would give me a hell of an attitude if I was writing some female prisoner, he says, if I was driving three hours to nowhere to see her. That's true, but I would let you know where I stand about it. I would show my jealousy, I say victoriously. I'm a bigger person than you are, he says. After my boyfriend leaves, I sit in the tub and write David back. I have a long soak and take an hour to write him. I throw caution to the wind. I tell him that he has inspired my imagination, that he has given me back the woman clamoring, the woman banging at the bars. What can I give him, I ask? Tell me in your next letter. I want to make love with him on the grass in the fenced-in tiny area outside the visiting room, have him slip in his desire and even better mine. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Fascinating dialogue, right? Between the two of them, what's happening. Yeah. Um, mm. Yes. He awakens her desire to be free, um, which of course he's vicariously living out his desire for freedom through her. And she begins exploring her desire for freedom through him. Exactly. Now it's like a reverse mirror, right? There it's yeah. back and forth between the two of them. Right. Yeah. 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 Yes. Hers, hers is more psychological. His is of course, literal. Mm, exactly. Mm-hmm. And yes. And it, and it fires this um, part of her that, and I, I want to quote you this. I don't want to talk problems. I want to alchemize them at my desk. So she's taken to her desk. She's taken to writing these letters between them, writing mm-hmm. her thoughts, writing her story, right? Yeah. Yes. She becomes um, sexually enlivened by him. She knows that technically she can't cheat on her boyfriend because, you know, he's there. So in a way, it's um, a little bit like it's uh, an imaginary romance in a certain way, Mm. Um, but it's of the mind. It becomes, and he's smart Mm. enough to understand that's what's going on, which is kind Mm. of unusual. He he keeps step with her, and in fact, might even be ahead of her sometimes. And um, (laughs) he knows that's what's going on. And um, he believes that she is... She, she, in the book, she's going to marry this man she lives with. And he believes, the prisoner believes, David, believes that it's a mistake, that she's too free for that. And he actually knows her fiance. She knew him before, mm-hmm. 
she knew David before prison. And, and, um, so, um, she gets married and, um, he, David believes that she's making a mistake and, and, um, she doesn't know if she is or isn't, but she's driven to do it because as she calls it, she, she's doing it because she, um, wants love. She needs to be loved. Yes. Yes. And there's this kind of back, back end story, a, a little bit kind of like we experienced in strings attached, um, mm-hmm. in the last podcast, um, in that book where she's going back to pick up the childhood. And there's this, there are these more, she's older now, but there's still these engagements with the mother. And, um, so in, to any length, um, there's some incredible scenes with the mother where she's flirting with her mother's boyfriend um, in the swimming pool, right? There's um, there's a moment when she's uh, with her mother um, and the boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And Peter kind of turns to the mother and says, she loses everything and no use in giving her anything valuable. She loses it. When I visit my mother, I mislay my identification. It's an upheaval. First sitting at lunch with her and then realizing I lost it. My money and passport are in a book. Where's the book? She looks pained. How can I be so stupid? My boyfriend rolls his eyes and grimaces. I rush out of the restaurant in the middle of the meal to look for the forgotten book. I stop at the payphone to cancel my American Express. Did I leave the book at the movie theater? My ticket must be in the book, too. I asked the manager at the movies. No, no, they don't have the book. Back to the restaurant. The ladies' room? Under the table? No. Finally, we go home. Everyone, including myself, exhausted with me. She spent dinner telling my boyfriend how incompetent and ridiculous I am. He agrees with her. It turns out I lost the book, but the passport and ticket are in the bottom of my suitcase. Hmm. Well... This book is a lot about crime and um, and um, the narrator begins to analyze some of the things around her in the um, metaphor of certain crimes. And um, but as I think I say in the book that the she's trying to solve a crime. And um, I don't know whether I should say on the podcast what the crime she does solve it what the crime is, but she's trying to solve a crime against herself. And, um, yes. And so all the other, these sort of flashes to things with her mother or flashes are, uh, clues. And, Mm. um, and Mm. so, uh, there's a weaving of that. And, um, and, uh, the boyfriend slash husband is not really up for the, he's in over his head because the prisoner and her are able to sort of take on these journeys. Yes. In fact, we'll see more of that in, in book three in prison sucks. We'll see Mm -hmm. more of the solving of the crime. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm fascinated really about the, um, there are two riffs. I want to call them that happen Mm -hmm. all around the wedding. Um, and before we go there, though, I want to just I want to go back to that mother. Mm-hmm. There's a little clip that um, the eye of the story or the protagonist says nothing is more boring 
and my mother's stories. Maybe that is why I am suspicious of stories. Her stories that shut off my entire breathing apparatus. They said I screamed when passed to her as a baby. I am convinced she tried to kill me because why else would I choose to open up with a man safely behind bars? My father said she never even changed us. He had to. She hated our little vulnerable bodies. I screamed when they passed me to her. Mm-hmm. So there's a kind of there you you get this kind of your you you drop back to some moments of the childhood quickly again, like you said, crime. Mm-hmm. And then we're gonna we're gonna just leap again to her father, another crime. <laughs> Her father, my father's drunkenness, left me make all my own decisions, hence some very bad ones. I clung to false securities, jobs, boyfriends, drink, all enormous wasters of time to distract me from the mountains of human kindness I hadn't known. Mm-hmm. Yes, she's she's trying to she has a kind of fury in her that she doesn't quite understand which of course is why the prisoner gets himself in prison i mean he's a smart guy very capable all these things i th- i think it's in this book that she posits that he's there he's a a, a veteran from vietnam mm. and he was mm. actually uh, in reconnaissance and uh she posits that he put himself in prison as a kind of a um uh, amends for having to kill people. And um, so there's a sort of violence that runs through the book, but um, the violence is emotional violence in her case. And, um, Mm. and um, both that she has received and that she also doles out. Yes. Yeah. And um, um, so the backdrop of her, visits to the prisoner and uh, her interest in that world um, is a backdrop to what she's trying to solve inside herself. Exactly. Yes. Mm. Yes. And sometimes we find her, this is a great quote, I was back where I always go to recover in a public place, pinpricking myself of how is it mothers love their children? What is it that they do? I took solace in my expertise, the loneliness of alcoholic men. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Well, she ha- she her mother has left her as a child, but that's not even the big deal. The mother's what's worse is that the mother seems to vehemently um dislike her and um mm. she doesn't know why and um mm. She's trying to figure it out, but also the wound of having sort of a double rejection, you know, I think, you know, the being left, but not understanding why. And then the mother just keeps on leaving, you know, um, and Mm. uh, it's very painful for her, but she keeps going back to it. Yes. Doesn't remember her birthday, what Mm -hmm. grade she's in. Mm -hmm her friends, there's no Mm -hmm. memory there for her, right? Mm -hmm. For the mother, yeah. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, So the prisoner communicates with that outlier in herself and her fury, whereas the boyfriend slash husband is trying to tame her and trying to 
Mm. Uh, what's the word I want to um, domesticator. And um, she's never been domesticated because she had no mother. And then the father himself is a bit of a renegade. So much nicer renegade, but a renegade. And, um, <laughs> and um, so the husband's in the situation of trying to tame her and the prisoner is in the situation of saying, stay untamed. And uh, mm. uh, she's caught in the middle trying to sort that out. Yes. In fact, she'll go down the path of being tamed um, in the marriage. And I'll mm -hmm. quote you, I don't cancel the wedding. It's a paltry sum I am taking from him. It is worse than prostitution giving myself away for the tender of love, turning my back, closing my eyes, buying flashy clothes as recompense. A wedding dress, no matter how you cut it, is flashy. All this so as to get love. This is how I sink sleeping with a man whom I am continually leaving only to get paid with the currency of love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, she she knows that she needs um, that love, but because she has that other side, she also knows that it's going to be hard for her to stay, and um, mm. and even she, I think she's pretty. Her head's a bit turned around by David. Um, yes, but she can't tell if it's her imagination or real. Yes. Yes, if it's almost like he's a he is kind of a fictitious character. He's larger than life, like you said. He's yeah. this hero and he's like rated third in the prison. Um, right? He's tough, mm -hmm. he's he can survive he, mm -hmm. even in that, not just in Vietnam. Mm -hmm. He survives where all the everybody's killed in his unit except for him. So he mm -hmm. survives there, but then he can survive in a prison. So these are Yeah. These, well, he, he, I think he says that prison is nothing compared to Vietnam. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, um, so, you know, I, it's called to any lengths because all of them, the prisoner has driven himself to prison over his past life. She's driving herself to prison, so to speak, to find out what's really driving her. And, um, mm. And the husband is going to any length to kind of tame her and, mm -hmm. um, or, and um, all of them are going to any lengths or mm -hmm. have gone to any lengths in their own life. They're pushing themselves. He, David pushes himself to prison. She pushes herself to be married so that she can have, find a home somewhere, mm -hmm. but she's got this other side of her and um she wants to keep that other side alive because I think she thinks it's the creative side of her mm. and uh, David represents that. And David has gone to any lengths in his life sort of mm. to land himself in jail, even though it's not a violent crime. And I think, I don't know which somewhere in some book I refer to it. That's a stupid crime, but how, mm. why would he do this to himself? You know? Um, but mm. um but obviously he had his own demons also. Yes. Yes. And once she does decide to kind of go down this path of the wedding, there's an incredible riff that you do of writing. It's the imagery of her kind of mm -hmm. inside this beautiful white gown. And she, and, 
and you write, but something is missing. What it will be is that when I stand there in my white dress among friends who are kind enough to be encouraging, friends who have lived a lifetime with me, some in just long telephone calls, a knife will go in. I will feel a sharp pierce. Wasn't I supposed to die by now? Don't I know what she knows? Love is in the movies. Sex is motivation for any killing. You are so unique, she said in Marion. Why not just divorce? Have you no courage? So there's this, a, a look kind of at the mother, right? While she's yeah. in the dress, she's looking out. Right. And you continue to write, oh, it's cold, cold, cold glass that you pushed into my rib cage in my white dress. I am not bleeding red on the white dress. Nothing shows. That is my way. I don't turn her in. She trusts that. She knows I am curious, always curious to see what link she will get up to next. I turn to her specter, grab my rib and cut my hand as I pick it out like it is nothing. The glass. Oh, don't bother. It's nothing. An accident. Yes. Well, I think that um, I think that section ends with um she knows that the mother who has not loved her and wished ill for her, that's the sort of the symbol of the glass going into her, is that mm. um, she knows that the mother, the, the price of that mother is that she has to be alone, that she's been mm. raised to be alone. And so the wedding mm. is, um, and I, th I think there's a scene where she invites her mother to the wedding and, my, and the mother says, um, I'll come to your divorce. I won't come to the wedding. <laughs> and, 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 the, and the mother sort of, um, the part of the daughter feels identified. Like the mother knows the future. The mother knows that she'll never be able mm. to be normal mm. and is casting a spell on her. So it's, it's the same thing. The, the woman in the book doesn't really know, can she, what is driving her to not accept taming so to speak or marriage or this particular marriage or whatever what is driving that is it healthy or is it the past mm, exactly yeah you can just feel in this book this the tension between the two worlds i mean you created a lot in strings attached but here you it's a much more kind of raw existential pull between the two and even after the wedding you do another riff, and this time it's about the father. And you write, this is when I would call my father. It would be like a drink. I would pick up the phone and call him at his office or at one of his bars and say, Daddy, I don't have any money, or I'm supposed to see you this weekend. Will you lie for me? Daddy, I'm married now. You always said, do it for money. Well, I didn't. I did it. I think to get someone to care for me. At least I didn't do it for a father. You were enough. Thank you. I didn't change my name. I wouldn't do that to us. He married your daughter, Daddy. Jesus. Anyone else would have thought twice on that subject. However, I like being married at the party, the wedding party. I like my friends, but when I drove back to New York, jazz was on the radio and my body started to move uncontrollably rock back and forth as I did in your car as a child rock like the Paris studies say orphans do 
back and forth against the car seat. My body was taken over. Maiden voyage, Bobby Hutcherson it was. And as the beat went through my soul, I moved toward David, the guy in prison, not my husband. Mm. Mm. Well, there it is. There's a dichotomy. Yes. She's a product of these two somewhat wild parents and uh can she you know and she's being called back can she yes can can she do it you know can she yes um and um and i i think in the end of the book there are these scenes where the husband is extremely nice to her and she yeah. almost doesn't know what to do yeah yes mm-hmm. yes one of the things about the book is I, I think it's written in a kind of jazzy style. You know, there's two line chapters and then there's, and it, uh, and so it's, it, hopefully it's not inexorably sad. It's a little bit, mm-hmm. um, it has a kind of jazz beat to it. And I, I think, and, um, and sh- the sort of the beat of her trying to figure this out. And there's a lot of, um, changes so to speak as in jazz music Mm, exactly yes a great line what if we all drove to the speedometer of our hearts mayhem would be in the rejoicing yes it's still there's that um, vitality that's inside your books Um, even though truths are being written and spoken there's a vitality and your final line when it was my imagination that claimed me became mine and mine to follow, the story began. Right, right, right. Mm. <laughs> right, because the subject of story is kind of a theme through it. Because she sends mm. stories to David in prison and mm. all these guys are commenting. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, she's getting feedback from everyone there. Right. Inside right. Fairton. <laughs> right, right. Mm. So I'm going to wrap us up. Thank you, Jacqueline Gay Wally, for writing this book, which spans a capsule of time in the late 80s and early 90s, moments in the life of your protagonist, I, and for being with IML Publications and the launch of this collectible collection, Venus As She Ages, for each novel within this collection is pertinent and relevant for all girls, women, and the men who want to understand them. This is I. Murphy Lewis of IML Publications speaking to you from Paris with our guest Jacqueline Gay Wally in New York City about her novel to any links. Yes, thank you. And to all those in the audience, thank you for joining us. You can access more about Miss Wally on her website, www.gaywally.com, or on ours at www.imlpublications.com. This podcast was recorded on Zencaster with producer Sebastiano Tecchio, and the music Going Home by the flautist Steve Slagle from his 2019 album, Spirit Calls.